The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You probably already play Sleeper Fantasy, but you can now win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head on over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And also make sure to download the SGPN app to your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos. Welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network up to episode 142. And of course, going to dedicate it once again to my Phoenix Suns. They're not really my Phoenix Suns, but the team I like to watch, the Phoenix Suns. Big game tonight. Hopefully the real Chris Paul and the real Devin Booker show up tonight and get the job done. So um, putting out good vibes by dedicating this amazing episode of this amazing podcast to the Phoenix Suns, of course. Who am I? This long-suffering Suns fan of since 1989 or 88 or something like that. Probably longer than a lot of you degens have even been alive. Who is this person you're asking? I am... Uh, I'm looking up my nickname. I almost said the blonde fighter, but I'm just so annoyed at her. I don't want to make myself the blonde fighter today. Um... I already used the last samurai last time, which was kind of funny. Also, um, as my spreadsheet loads, I'm going to tell you what my nickname is because uh, I'm sure my uh, my co-host has a good nickname for me right off on the tip of his tongue, but I'm not going to let him talk because I haven't introduced him yet. Um, I'm going to call myself Jeff the Crank Fox. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was going to call me that last um, last week. Anyhow, and the Crank has like multiple meetings. So yes, I'm Jeff the Crank Fox. Thank you. For coming to this podcast, the MMA Gambling Podcast, um, we are going to break down the. Um, it's always interesting, always interesting uh, action in MMA, and we have uh, another interesting weekend um, just unfolded before our very eyes. Uh, we had UFC last night, Bellator the night before. Uh, oh, of course, nothing, uh, never short of controversy and um, talking points and whatnot. So let's jump right into it. This man's nickname I never stumble on. It's Gumby. Everyone knows that. Um, even though some people call him, I don't think his mom has ever called him Gumby. She calls him Danny, but uh, you can call him Gumby. His name's Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> has your mom ever called you Gumby? I think maybe once or twice. So, like, uh, when I've been in jujitsu tournaments and my mom enthusiastically goes and cheers me on despite being a grown man. Um, <laughs> Is she, she the uh, one that I used to hear on the videos? That you yeah, used to uh, no, that ago? would that would have been my uh, my brother's wife uh, okay. used, used to go to uh, my my grappling matches. And because she didn't know anything about jujitsu, she would just yell the opposite of what the other coach said. Oh, so, so he'd be like, grab his leg there. She'd be like, don't let him grab your leg. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> or she was like, snatch the guillotine. She's like, he's going for a guillotine. <laughs> nice. That's a good sister-in-law. Exactly what you need. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's better better cornering than than you get most nights in the UFC actually. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I'll allow yeah. that. <laughs> and of course, we have 
cornering. Con- I, I did notice it during the broadcast because I zipped through these things, but there was cornering controversy last night as well, of course. Um, we're, like I said, we're never short of controversies with uh, people being racist and coroners not knowing what they're doing and judges not knowing what they're doing. It's it's a wacky world of MMA, as I've called one of our recent episodes. Yeah, it was uh, it was I didn't catch it live either, uh, but just because I had like walked out of the room in between rounds uh, and uh, then Twitter was ablaze. <laughs> Andrea Lee knows how to pick them, doesn't she? Yeah, that's um, it would it would look a lot better if if it, she wasn't coming off of uh, a divorce to a Nazi husband uh, that she had a boyfriend say some fairly problematic things in the corner. Oh, I, I didn't know they were actually in uh, an item. Oh, even better. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's her that's her boyfriend. That, Tony Perfect. Kelly and her are dating now. Yeah, so uh, when you say she knows how to pick them, you are literally talking <laughs> about picking them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know who else knows how to pick them, Dan? We know how to pick them. Boy, oh boy. The night started off fantastic last night for us, but um, went off the rails a bit. But it's still a very profitable night, and so much love we were getting, Dan. It was it was getting embarrassing on the Slack how how much people love us. <laughs> but I I never it's never embarrassing how much no, people I love. It, it it's always nice to hear, and also you know to to all the people out there who keep sending uh, DMs of of your winning tickets. You know, a shout out to all of you guys because I do. Love when I open it up. Oh, and shout out to speaking of the love, shout out to Chad Graham. Uh, yeah. he was in the Slack that he he was one of the ones pouring on the most love. Yes. Uh, and and he's he's saying real nice things about our podcast. So you know, yeah. quick shout out to Chad Graham. Thanks, dude. And and, and we got a nice uh, review last week from someone too. It's just uh, it's, my wife said, "Well, what's changed?" And I'm like, "Hey, good point. <laughs> what has changed, Dad? As, as, as long as long as we're winning, people love us. I guess is what it is." And uh, and Hopefully, even sometimes when we don't, and yeah, even sometimes when we don't, <laughs> because Dan knows how to spin things. Um, th- this week we are not going to spin onto our recommended plays. We're just going to say how amazing it is to uh, pick every fight and bet a hundred yeah. bucks in every fight. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah. I think I got a little. Uh, well, well, let me let me just recap real quick. <laughs> I think I got a little too cute on the recommended plays. I played yep. well. First of all. You know, and we don't have to recap them all right away because we're going to get into it in a second. I think I was real close on Heboss, the Heboss underdog pick, right? Like, hurts. yeah, that that one could have gone either way. Um, you know what? One hurt way more than that one to me was Vir- I had Virna Jandaroba by submission. Yep. Oh my God, she had like seven of them deep on Angela Hill. Angela Hill's yep. submission defense held up to her credit. But my God, I thought the knee bar was there. She was wincing during the knee bar in the first round. She was wincing during the arm bar attempt. She stacked her, but almost like just chilled there because she couldn't even pull it out. Like there looked like there was a rear naked choke that was going to be in. Like there were multiple times where I was like, this plus 300 sub play is perfect. And then it wasn't. So uh, yeah, like the recommended plays just down ever so slightly because we did both hit on... uh, on Petrovsky, which is yeah. uh, going to be actually, let's just name the episode. Um, All hail the he, he's actually the third guy on the Gumby Mount Rushmore of uh, spectacular underdogs now. Oh, yes. I'm going to yeah. need a four, I'm going to need a fourth one to round it out. But him, GM three yep. and uh, what was it? Montserrat Canejo yes. is the other one. Yeah, those yep. three are we're going to have to round out the uh, Mount Rushmore of underdogs. But those three are on it for sure. Very, very good. Yeah, Dan got pretty cute with his um recommended place four out of five were were plus money ones so um probably 
I, I didn't really notice it at the time, but yeah, probably not uh, the best play. But hey, who am I to say? I picked all pretty sizable uh, favorites, and I only went one and two on mine. So anyhow, let's let's dive into it. After I tell you about a win bet, make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $50, win a $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets, plus the win bet casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to 8000 bucks. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the wins own build your own bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three-plus leg build-your-own-bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use basically all, all the SGPN guys use it for theirs. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by use, playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, a number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing. Pause, pause the uh, podcast and download Sweep Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit on up to 100 bucks. That's right. Join our sleep squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Do you have a pick for us on Sleeper, Dan? You probably don't have it right in front of you, do you? Well, so all my picks would be for the game that's about to start in 30 minutes because there's an 11.30 a.m. game. But take the over on uh, Travis Demerit hits because that dude is absolutely on fire right now. And Austin Riley's hot, too. So take over on both of those if you get this in your ears in the next uh, six seconds. <laughs> why are why are the Braves playing at 11.30? Uh, I think it's because MLB is doing this new, and I don't want to get in an MLB soapbox right now, this asinine thing um, where they decided that getting a bunch of money off of MLB TV is not enough. So they like fractured off a bunch of like random game times and sold them to other companies. And now oh, they're black. Okay. And now they're randomly blacked out on your MLB TV. So getting every single Brave game like I do uh, suddenly does not apply. I have to have Apple TV if they play the featured Friday night game, which they did this week against San Diego. Or if they play the weird Sunday morning game, it has to be on Peacock, which luckily I have. Uh, so that's on uh, Sunday mornings uh, at 1130. So like your your MLB TV like randomly blacks out games and it happened to be two out of three of the games from the Braves Padre series this weekend, which kind of sucks. So, um, yeah, lovely things MLB is doing to uh, make sure that they get more money because, you know, they gave the players such a good deal in that uh, yep. that collective bargaining agreement. <laughs> but we're not the MLB, MLB gambling podcast. Uh, they, no. uh, the, there, there they is a show five days week. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go listen to them, too. They're great. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So we got to hurry. Dan's got a baseball game starting in half an hour. So um, last night we had 
UFC and ESPN, Blakovitz versus Rakic. You may notice UFC Vegas 54 from the UFC Apex. Main event, we got wrong, but it was it was a bummer of a finish. Uh, Alexander Rakic injured his knee. Um, it was a non-contact injury, as they like to say in other sports. Um, he just stepped back wrong on it. it you could argue it could have... Uh, it could have been due to his other leg uh, being repeatedly kicked by Jan Blachowicz. But regardless, TKO knee injury, round three, 111 into the round. We, bummer of a result. Neither guy really uh, improves off of this. So any takeaways? Yeah, so a couple. If you're saying that his, you know, Jan Blachowicz's strikes to the lead leg of Rajic were part of what, you know, made him off balance or something then you're just looking for a reason to give Jan Blankovic a pat on the back. This was yep. clearly, this is clearly a pre-existing injury. He even said as much, he said, you know, I, I had an injury in camp as well to my knee, thought it would hold up, didn't hold up. Um, you know, in, you know, in, in his defense too, like for everybody being like, he should have pulled out of the fight. Then it, it's a fight that literally could get him a title shot. So in waiting could have cost him just as much as a loss. Who knows? Um, especially if he had to have surgery on it, right? Like, and he just went ahead and had surgery on it. We didn't see him the next year. A win definitely wouldn't have gotten him a title shot then. So, you know, he took a chance and it didn't pay off, um, which sucks for us because I really thought he was taking over the fight. Um, I, I don't know about you, but like, so Blankovic wins the first. He pretty clearly wins the first. Uh, Rachich clearly wins the second by coming out and using a little bit more of his top game. He wasn't super active on top, but in my breakdown on Wednesday, I said, you know, like underrated wrestling from Rajic. We, we've we actually seen him wrestle a few times and look really good doing it. Like against, uh, it was Justin Ledette, who granted Justin Ledette, not a good wrestler, but like Rajic looked really good wrestling then. So I was like, there's always that in his back pocket. And he got Jan down with that big, you know, high leg uh, takedown with the trip at the end of it. And then he stayed on top. I really think there was a good path to victory for him there. And he was going to probably ride it out, but um, upsetting to see it here. My big question coming out of this, though, is what does this do to Jan Blankovic's title chances, right? Because for me, yeah, the winner of it, it, the winner of this already seemed like he was heading for a title shot. But is this like the one instance where that's not true anymore? You got to think probably not. Like, he looked fine. He didn't look like a world beater at all. It was official scorecards. It was 1-1 um, heading into the third round. And. Yeah, but the momentum definitely was in Rikic's favor, and I know all, all these things always come down to to timing and and uh, who's available at, at the appropriate time. So it really depends on who wins the title fight, which we get uh, next month. So and and how unscathed the person comes out of it, and whether it's controversial and whatnot. But it is light heavyweight, and it's not exactly uh, a world beating division. So who's to say? Yeah, but it, did it help it, his stock? No. I wouldn't yeah, say. I, I would say it, too. It depends on a whole lot of other factors, too. I think it will come down to. So Glover already tweeted out that he wanted Jan Blankovic to win so that he could fight him again. He wanted to run it back, which I, I guess if you're Glover Teixeira, makes sense, right? Like, why wouldn't you want to fight the guy you already beat when there are, like, a bunch of, like, young killers on the doorstep? Um, yeah. So, like, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but if Glover were to lose and it was Yuri Prohoshka... Uh, I mean, like, it's a fresh matchup, but, but I don't know that Jan did enough if the champ isn't actively calling for him. And you got two young up-and-comers with book, fights already booked, um, one for July 
And the other one I want to say is in August. Nope, they're both in July. Um, I just checked real quick. Paul Craig is fighting Vulcan Ozdemir in July. A really good victory there. Who knows? He, you know, he's won at this point four in a row. Uh, in five, five in a row for Paul Craig. Uh, it's four in a row, but there's a draw in there. Oh right, I'm sorry. Yes, win. Yes. Yeah, and in that includes a win over Jamal Hill and Nikita Krylov, both by uh, finish. So, like, he, he's on a really good run. So beating Volkan Ozdemir and doing so impressively could definitely do it. And then you got Magomed Ankalaev in July fighting Anthony Smith. So if he were to go out and beat Volkan Ozdemir, Tiago Santos, and Anthony Smith back to back to back. And, and before that, Nikita Krylov, Ian Kudalaba twice. I know he's got that loss to Paul Craig, but man, he is definitely knocking on the door of a title shot too. So an impressive win by either of those two and definitely Yuri winning would all play against Jan Blankovic. Yes. So, yeah, I... I don't think he's did any. Obviously, he didn't do anything in, in uh, the fight last night to to say he definitely is is next in line. So um, kind of one off a of fluke uh, at the end in a fight that uh, the momentum was not headed this way. So um, hopefully Rakic is OK. I think he's getting an MRI um, tomorrow, Monday, they said. So um, we shall see what the deal is with his knee. But I don't know. Not much else we really can say about that. Um, we got that one wrong, but we were going to get it right. Uh, we got the next one wrong. Uh, we weren't going to get this one right, apparently. Uh, heavyweight's Ryan Spann. Guillotine choke. Jan Kudalaba got himself caught. Um, 2.22 into the first round of their fight. Um, I just wish Kudalaba would be more intense uh, with his fights. Just, <laughs> just way too laid back, and I think that's what cost him last night. You know, the funny thing is, is I broke this de- fight down backwards. I was like, Ian yeah. Kudalaba comes out like a bat out of hell, which is true, and he did. But then I was like, and Ryan Spann makes enough small mistakes that he yeah. can definitely get caught. And it was almost the opposite, right? Like Spann also came out with a lot of intention and he waited for Kudalaba to make the mistake and, and capitalized on it. So props to him. Um, that's a huge win for him, especially because he had not had the best results as of late, right? Like he, he you know, had lost two out of three, including just about anybody still even close to the rankings. Um, he had won a split decision over Sam Elvey, which is never, you know, all that promising. So like th- this is a big win for him because Kudalaba was right on the door of the rankings as well. Yes. Uh, Span definitely needed this one and maybe he will live up to the potential that, that some uh, see in him. So, uh, do you have any names in mind for him next or doesn't matter? I mean, he just needs some of those like generic bottom of the top 15 guys or even somebody just outside. Like just I would be fine with like Dustin Jacoby. Like that would be a good fight for him yeah. um, or, or anybody of that like level caliber. But like, you know, he's a guy who's currently ranked 13. Oh, actually, Dustin Jacoby made it into the rankings. He's 15 now. That's good to know. Um, there's no reason to rush Ryan Span up. Right. Like the last two times he got rushed up, he got beat pretty badly. So like, don't do it again. Um, you know, give him more time, let him fight, you know, a top 15, top 20 guy right on the edge of that. And, uh, you know, let him come into his own a little more or do it again and let us fade him and make some money. Damn. <laughs> I don't right? know, but like, he's, he's not even like an auto fade guy because the thing no. is, is, he's so gifted, right? Like he, he's got great hands. He's got good power. As we saw last night, that's his second good submission, right? Like he, yep. he's, he's clearly got the sub game too. It's just like sometimes he's like a little sloppy. And I think like just let giving him more time to iron that out would help. But yeah, like he's he's not an auto fade guy because he is really good. 12 submissions in only 20 pro wins. So 
Yeah. You don't really think of him as a submission guy, but he clearly is. Yeah. He's clearly got him there. Yeah. Definitely. So we, uh, um, the end of the night did not end so great for us. We got the next one right, though. Bantamweights, Davy Grant, knockout via punches, Luis Smolka. Uh, round three, 49 seconds into it, destroyed Smolka's leg, first of all. Um, made him do a des- desperation sh- um, shoot for a takedown, and then Smolka got smoked while he was on the ground. So Smolka yeah. got smoked. So minus 290, we hit this one. I can't believe, so first of all, I'm yelling at my TV after he knocks him down with that, like, I mean, I guess it maybe was a desperation shot. He may have just also crumbled and just like grabbed for a leg because that was all he could do after he crumbled like that. But I was yelling at my TV to tell him to stand up because I'm like, dude, all you got to do is tell him to stand up, kick his leg one more time, and the ref's going to call this fight. And he followed him to the ground. I was like, no, don't, don't grapple with him right now. Like the last thing you want to do is grapple with him right now. And then he lands those fists from that, like, I guess it was kind of a half guard, but it was like a shell of a half guard anyway. So he lands those shots and absolutely puts his lights out. Like, what an impressive finish from Davey Grant. And he didn't, the top turtle stink did not last on him for long because he got himself a big win. Yeah, one of my pet peeves, I'm not a fighter, so I can't say. Um, I would do differently, but anytime, more often than not, anytime a fighter sees their opponent hurt, they tend to rush in and get themselves clinched or they go to the ground like Dave Grant did and, and uh, allow the opponent to, to, um, to recover. So like what's wrong with just sticking, staying back and, and doing what you did to get the person hurt in the first place. Yeah. And it, it seemed like an even weirder choice on his part because it's not like he like clipped him and had him woozy and was going to go put him out. He, he hit his leg. So like yeah. you hit the leg and, and he can't stand so you go punch his head and it worked. It, it, it yeah. worked for some reason. But like at the same time, like, man, I, I really thought he'd just stand him up and kick his leg one more time and call it a night. Um, I, I do have one beef with the UFC after this fight. How in the name does this fight not win fight of the night or a, one of the knockout of the night bonuses? Like, yeah. how, how does how does Davey Grant not walk away with a bonus? And to an extent, how does Lewis Smolka not walk away with a bonus? Yeah, he was he was game two. Yeah, I I don't think they gave fight of the night to the to the correct fight last night. Um, I know that they didn't. It, it wasn't even the best. <laughs> wasn't even the best female fight on uh, of the night. That's no, for sure. it was. Yeah. It, it wasn't Great even. Change. I mean, we 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 might as well get right oh, into just it. Just no, jump right into it. it Women's flyweight. <laughs> Women, uh, Caitlin Chukagian does does what she does. Um, it was typical Caitlin Chukagian fight, and maybe I know she's very nice uh, human being, but it just makes me not like her because this happens every time um and i picked against her had amanda Hebos winning the fight um and it could be argued that she did win the fight because um she yeah like uh, uh did her typical point fighting game while he boss was doing exactly what we hoped she would do and being aggressive on the ground and on the feet but uh nevertheless split decision win for Ch- caitlin chukagian 28 29 29 28 29 28 we missed on this one too yeah, I don't think the judges were necessarily wrong. No. You know, I, I, I think I gave the fight to Chokagian. Um, it, it seemed like she won the, the second and the third round. I'll say this, though. It, it, the, the fact that this wins fight of the night, and this is going to be the only thing I say about this fight because it wasn't really all that exciting. I think they gave it to the fight of the night based on the last 30 seconds of the fight, maybe. Yeah. Because, like, the last 30 seconds of the fight, Amanda Hebos is like, I got to go for broke and steal this third round because she legitimately would have won if she could have stole the third round. 
Um, and on one judge's scorecard, she did steal the third round. So good for her. Um, so she just like empties the tank and throws wildly. The whole fight wasn't like that. The whole fight was no. like it was more exciting than your average Caitlin Chokagian fight because Hebas brought it, which is you know when we broke it down why we thought Hebas had a chance to win is because she would be somebody who could take a fight to Chokagian, but like she didn't take it to her in a way that was like. 80 times more exciting than the average Caitlin Chokagian fight. So, uh, you know, it was like twice as exciting, not 80 times as exciting. And that still puts it as like one eighth of exciting as the average uh, UFC fight. So, yeah, the fact that this one's fight of the night, crazy. But I do think the judges got it right. I, I would I would give the fight to Caitlin Chokagian despite having picked Hebas. That's some, and most of the media members did too. Um, that's a some crazy MMA math Dan just did there, but hopefully everyone got there, got their heads around that. So, um, yeah, so not the best end to the night. Uh, we are at this point, we are both one and three on, on the fights we, we went through. Um, will it turn around for us? I'll let you know after I tell you about Manscaped. Don't worry, we're still brought to you by Manscaped. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring is sprung and the global global leaders in below the waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP. Manscaped has a full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The performance package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shape on your hedges. If you mentioned it's waterproof as well, no need to worry about watering your grass with this tool equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After clearing your holes, nose, your nose, not hole, well, nose holes, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Moisturizer, Crop Reviver is spray-on toner for your balls. Keep your boys from sticking to your leg and leave them smelling like fresh flowers. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using your lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And the start of spring also marks the start of testicular. Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, month, which was in April. Manscaped is partnered with, uh, they keep making me say Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Smell oh so fresh and oh so clean this spring. Get 20% sent off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. All right. Do things turn around for us? They do in the next fight. Manuel Torres looked very good in his UFC debut. We had him at minus 135. He TKO'd Frank Camacho 327 into the first round. Ever since um, well, Camacho wasn't that great to begin with, and then Dan got him to get into a serious car accident. Now he's even even worse. Yeah, you're blaming me for the car accident. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say you know, like it's not that he was bad before, and I don't actually no. think he was all that bad in this fight either. He he just like at this point in time is what he is. He's yes. a thirty he's a thirty two year old guy who 
uh, at his very best was kind of a one-sided power puncher, um, you know, like a, or a one-dimensional power puncher. Uh, he, you know, went in against Damian Brown and and threw bombs in a very exciting fight in the night fight that got him a lot of fans. You know, he knocked out Nick Hine in that fight. But, like, apart from that, he's been outworked and out-wrestled by a lot of, like, really top-level dudes. And, you know, knocked out by Justin James is certainly not a, a glowing recommendation for your chin. Um, and now I think he's kind of reached the point in, in this division where, well, first of all, if he gets another shot, because that's three in a row. But, like, a lot of the younger guys are just too fast for him. Uh, he yeah. was never all that fast in a division where you kind of have to be fast. So... Uh, that's upsetting, but I mean, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. It's not like this fight was boring, but, um, I'm not sure how much it tells us about Manuel Torres. And, um, it does tell us that, that Frank Camacho is probably on the way out. Sadly though. He's, he's a Bellator fighter. Basically when I watch him, I think, oh, that's, that's a guy that would fit in in Bellator. Uh, you see, I think he's more well-suited for PFL. Okay. Um, because like it, with PFL, the other thing too, is that like, because they prioritize early knockouts. He's like right. a, a perfect candidate to like throw in there with a fight against Jeremy Stevens, right? Like Frank Camacho versus Jeremy Stevens tomorrow. You'd watch. Um, it would be exciting. Somebody would get knocked out in the first round. Somebody would get six points towards the PFL postseason. Um, and like, you know, that that's also like a better chance for him to make a bunch of money real quick uh, versus yeah. Bellator where he'd have to you know, fight for six years before they gave him any meaningful move up the division. Yep. Very true. All right. Uh, so we hit that one. We didn't get the next one. So it was a very bad uh, main card. Alan Nascimento looked like a world beater all of a sudden, Dan, because we picked against him. Um, his grappling was on point. He outgrappled a grappler in Jake Hadley. Um, not a good uh, debut. Not what we were hoping for from the highly touted Jake Hadley. He got skunked on the scorecards, 30-27 across all cards, and no argument anywhere this was all one-way traffic yeah and i i sort of have been thinking about this since that fight ended about whether or not uh we have overrated jake hadley's grappling or if alan nascimento yeah. was really that good because yeah. don't get me wrong he's got some really good wins and i mentioned some really good wins uh on the pre-show with uh, you know he beat luke shanks and and blano driscoll and and zuluman but like us couple of those guys can grapple a little bit. So can Mitch Raposo. But, like, Mitch Raposo also got outgrappled on the Ultimate Fighter and eliminated that way. And then he got outgrappled in almost the same exact manner. So it's almost interesting to think about, like, was this a brilliant performance from Alan Nascimento? Or, you know, we, we've thought of Jake Hadley as this, like, brilliant wrestler. But, like, and, and we always think of British guys as terrible wrestlers. So were we just overrating the fact that, like, in British MMA fights, we've seen this guy wrestle and he's the best of those wrestlers. Like he's the best of a bad wrestling situation. I, I don't know. Maybe that's it. But at the end of the day, yeah, like he looked completely outmatched in there. Yep. He was. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, now, Samantha, uh, I did see a picture. He, he had the king of the weight cut, Charles Oliveira, helping him cut weight, which was good to see for, <laughs> for the fight. Uh, yeah. He still made weight somehow, though. Yeah, maybe not who choice. maybe not who you need in the, the corner, but like, hey, uh, he has a lot of Charles Oliveira grappling type skills. Uh, you know, yeah, he, he, does. he was doing some real impressive stuff on the mat. So props to him. Yeah, so we're talking this one up. Maybe um Hadley isn't as good as we thought, and maybe Nasmith was better than than we uh had originally thought. 
Yeah, I, I think it's probably a little of both. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to lean more on the... I think I'm jumping off the Jake Hadley hype train because I think his grappling was just kind of a little overrated. Um, and this sort of proves that. And I don't think I was ever all that sold on his striking. So yeah, like this, this might be a, a big sad realization about a guy I thought was a hot prospect. Yeah. Plus he looked, Nassimento looked way bigger than him in there. Even though it claims there was only an inch height difference and, and Hadley supposedly had, had the reach advantage. Yeah. He, he seemed, Nassimento seemed way bigger than him. For sure. And I, but I think that's too, like, a, a partly because, as, as I've said before, I'm not that terribly high on the striking of Jake Hadley, and he just maybe, like, fights a little shorter than he is. Yeah. You know, like, likes to get in a phone booth. Um, and he likes to be close to wrestle anyway. But, yeah, he, he looked tiny. Yep. Um, and that's the guy who missed weight, too, um, for, mm-hmm. for flyweight uh, two fights ago. So, all right. So we whipped on that, whiffed on that, excuse me. Um so yeah, the main card really ate into the profits on us. We were we got one right. We we had all the same picks. Yeah, we were one in five in the main card, Dan. No, no, we we had uh, two. Um, two. Davy Grant and Manuel oh, yeah, Torres. Two, yeah, yeah. two and four. Yep, yep, two and four. Um, all right. So moving on to the prelims, we got this one wrong. Oh no, Dan got this one right. I you, got this one wrong. You is, got this one wrong. <laughs> I got this one wrong. This is the fight that um put Dan over uh over the top of me this week. He, uh, he, he beat me this week because of this fight. I had um, Andrea Lee, uh, the chooser of uh, nice men. Uh, she lost unanimous decision, 29, 28, 29, 27, 29, 27 to Vivian Aru, uh, uh, Arujo. Um, yeah. Arujo looked very, very good. Uh, I don't know how she didn't get knocked out in, in that early uh, first round sequence when, um, Lee hit her with multiple shots, including a head kick, but um, Rujo gritted it out and uh, rightfully won the fight. Dan had her at minus 105. Yeah, I'm going to say I nailed it based on the fact that I said they're going to be pretty evenly matched on the feet. I didn't think Andrea Lee had a massive advantage on the feet, and I thought she had a huge disadvantage on the mat, and that's precisely what happened. Uh, yep. she, she looked like a fish out of water on the mat. And, and I think, too she's always kind of been a problem for a lot of people in the division. Andrea Lee has because she is a, a pretty darn good striker, right? And it, as she continued to go up the division, she kept beating people who were good strikers, you know, and, and maybe not big enough or strong enough to take her down. You know, like the, the people she's fought who tried to take her down, Lauren Murphy took her down, beat the hell out of her. Roxanne Matafari took her down, beat the hell out of her, won that decision. You know, like, she even got taken down a couple of times by Joanne Calderwood. And that's why she lost that fight. So like people who can take her down have done really well against her. And I think that's kind of her ceiling. Like she's just not going to be somebody who can beat somebody who is physically stronger than her and can grapple her. Cause she did stop Cynthia Calvillo from grappling her. But some of that was like, you know, like that Calvillo really belongs at straw weight and not at flyweight. Um, so yeah, like now that there's somebody who can just out wrestle her or be more physical, I, I don't think she's got a very high ceiling. Thoughts on Arujo and her ceiling. I, I've always kind of been a big fan of hers. Like obviously she had like a couple of bad fights in a row there. Um like this this was a huge win for her, being that she had just come off that loss to Caitlin Chokagian and she had lost to Jessica I um like a year before that or so. This is like another signature one that's gonna book her a fight with probably another person like Andrea Lee who's coming up through the rankings, you know, like 
this seems like it's ripe for an Alexa Grasso fight or, you know, our, our favorite Manolfi Rowe could fight somebody like Arruyo. Um, although is she booked, she's not booked yet. Um, somebody like that, or like, you know, if she hadn't hurt herself, Casey O'Neill or, um, you know, Aaron Blanchfield, somebody like that. She, she still seems prime for a fight like that because the couple of times they've had her step up in competition, she's lost, but, um, this keeps her relevant and keeps her, you know, with the ability to put two or three more fights together and, and possibly be in that mix. Definitely. Um, yeah. Impressive performance by her. Now this was clearly, um, I was like, okay, this, th- this one could win fight of the night. It was clearly the best female fight on there and it very easily could have won fight of the night, but no. Yeah. This, this one was a lot of fun in, in the other, fi- I'm going to be honest. I think Caitlin Chokagian versus Amanda Hibas was the third best women's fight on the card, not the best fight overall. The third best women's fight. Yep, and there was only three women's fight on the on tonight. <laughs> so, what does that tell you? Um, Wild. But we got the next one right. Uh, the, the old men battled each other. Uh, both of them rocked each other. Uh, but Michael Johnson ended up getting a knockout via punches, three twenty-two into the second round. I don't know. We had Johnson minus one forty-five. So I. We we learned nothing from this from this other than Alan Patrick's probably going to get cut now, and um, I'm not high on Michael Johnson doing anything going for it. The exact craziness we needed. Uh, yep. No notes. I have no yep. notes. No <laughs> notes needed. We needed a win, and we got ourselves a win. Um, actually, this was the the end of my four fight winning streak uh, since we're doing it in um, in non chronological order. We're doing it from top to bottom. Um, I started the night off hot. Uh, women's strawweight, Virna Jendidoba beat Angela Hill in a grappling showcase, basically. Uh, three rounds to none. Um, we got Jendidoba at minus 170, and she did what we hoped she would do, other, except we were looking for a, a finish. And she was close, as Dan said a bunch of times, but oh, uh, God. alas, it didn't happen. Yeah, it, it was a good pick on my part, being that I knew she would outclass Angela Hill on the mat. But my goodness, does that... The fact that she avoided those submissions, is it just, it's really hard to watch, especially because she winces at the knee bar. Like if you went back, they had a great zoom in on her face and she, her like face was contorting and she looked like she was in pain. And I was like, man, Virna did everything she could. Also, it just goes to show you that like, and I know her record isn't like perfect at this point in time. My goodness, is Janji Doba like she is very, very, very good. Like if you look, she's four and three in the UFC. Losses are to Amanda Hibas, Mackenzie Dern, and Carla Esparza. Like she is up there as being like one of the really, truly dangerous people in this division. Uh, because like, you know, all three of those fighters are like top five to seven people in the women's flyweight division. Like. Virna should be up there as well in that like top 10. Yep, for sure. And speaking back to Hebos again, she definitely should stick at strawweight. Um, very clear last night, I guess against the one of the biggest flyweights they have, but yeah, uh, she should stick at strawweight. Um, what are we doing with Angela Hill? I know she's a fan favorite and puts on fun fights sometimes, but three straight losses. She's one in five now over her last six. Yeah, and, and here's the other issue I'm having, too. And, and I know people wanted to give her that Amanda Lemos fight. She didn't win that Amanda Lemos fight. Um, you know, it was at least closer. But the Jandidoba fight and the Tisha Torres fight, she lost so handedly. Like, yeah. she was not in that Tisha Torres fight. It didn't feel like at any point in time you were like, 
oh, Angela could really turn this around. You're like, no, she's losing this fight. She's losing this fight badly. And it felt that same way with Jandaroba. So, like, I, I guess it, it sort of, for me, comes down to what do you – what does Angela Hill want out of her career? Because if she's willing to be the I'm just going to fight every other weekend in, in the UFC's like, we know people tune in to watch her. Because I do think people tune in to watch her. She's, like, an entertaining online personality – uh, you know, she works at the desk and she's phenomenal on the desk. If she just wants to stick around for like three or four more fights and then call it a career, because she is fucking, she's 37 years old at this point. She, it's not like she, her career has got tons of time left on it. But like, if she is just like, I want to stick around for three or four more fights, give me three or four more fights. And you can book her against a couple up and comers and, you know, maybe even get her a one win in that four fight. Like, I think you can justify keep booking her because it's not like she's, you know, going out and getting hurt. It's not like she's, you know, absolutely embarrassing. She's just like not close to beating any of these top tier people. So I think the UFC keeps her. I think they keep her around because like, she's also like, if you told her she had to go back to Invicta and make like, you know, five and five or whatever, they're going to make it it, Invicta. I think she just retires and, and I don't think she's ready to do that either. So she'd probably be willing to take a pay cut and the UFC would love that too. Yep. Yeah. She's, she's making some good coin. You can check out the payouts, uh, my MMA site, moneymma.substack.com. Um, yeah, uh, good. Wasn't a horrible performance by her. It was a gritty performance, but um, not a heck of a lot of offense on uh, on her end because Jadi Doba was smothering her. Uh, nice to get that one. I, I hit this one too, which was nice, uh, even though it messed up Dan's 11-1 parlay, which I kind of felt a bit bad about. Tatsuri Taira looked very good in his debut against Carlos Candelario. 30-26, 30-27, 30-27. As I said, on I had uh, Taira at minus 250. Um, as I said, in our SGPN Slack, which everyone should join if they haven't already. It's lots of fun, especially on fight nights, if you're into that, and every other sport we have on there. Um, he, he's a very nice addition to the flyweight class. I liked what I saw last night. Yeah, I like what I saw too. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with my Candelario pick still, despite the fact that it lost. Like, my, my breakdown was is we hadn't seen Tyra go late into the fight. We hadn't seen him go into the third round and, you know, at least not recently and not looking particularly good. So I knew Candelario is game enough that he wasn't going to get finished, right? Like he's so freaking tough and he has been his whole career. So, you know, like I, I thought Tyra would tire out and props to him. He's got a motor on him. He went the entire 15 minutes, looked great doing it. And the readjustments he made with those body triangles was phenomenal because like it seemed like Candelario had spun to face him multiple times. He made like one swift little adjustment and was right back on the back and he did it two or three times. He's very clearly got some high level grappling. Uh, I was impressed to see him do it without tagging somebody on the feet first because, you know, he landed some nice punches, but most of his grappling in the past had come with like, you know, a big right hand and that dropped somebody and then he jumped on the back or you know, like stumbled the guy and then jumped the guillotine or like, but like this was all just set up, you know, his grappling that set up grappling, which is uh, maybe even more impressive from him. Yep. Very good. I always like, um, we, we are always fans of the flyweights on this podcast and it's, it's always nice that when they add new ones to the mix, he, he had a much more impressive performance than the more, probably more hype Jake uh, Hadley did. And then to start things off, our, our um, tour de force, um, what got us all our flowers, as the kids like to say, uh, online. Andre Petrovsky, technical submission, Anaconda choke over 
the grappling whiz, Nick Maximov, I uh, won 16 into the first round. I, I think this turned into us maybe downplaying Maximov too much because the lines were so screwy in our eyes. But I, I never thought Maximov was was a bad fighter, and uh, I just thought Petrovsky was better. And I went around the interwebs and asked. No one told me otherwise. Uh, no one was able to give me a reason why th- these odds were so skewed uh, in Maximov's favor. So we had Petrovsky at plus 300. Um, there wasn't a, uh, a surprise ending. There wasn't um, something that, that we hadn't thought of and, and the bookies did or, or the betters did. Uh, Petrovsky was just better. Um, both of them were winging punches a bit, but Petrovsky looked much better on the feet, I think, and um, got the job done on the ground. 3-0 and for him, a big win for him. Yeah. Uh, I like the looks of him at, at middleweight. Um, keep it slow. Like he's not ready for a massive leap up, but uh, let's just keep progressing things. Well, and I think too, the really awesome thing for Petrosky is that like, you're right. Maximoff is not bad, but they did a really good job of matching him up with a style that works for him. Right. Like, as you just said, Petrosky looked much better on the feet, which we predicted. We said he's quicker. We said he's sharper with those take or with those strikes. We said he's, you know, got a little bit more of a jab than Maximoff does. We said all those things on Wednesday. He's a better striker. We thought the grappling would nullify each other out. And to some extent, it did. I know he got the quick submission, but like the only reason Maximoff is shooting for that bullshit takedown from where he did and failing miserably was because he was like, oh shit, I'm outmatched on the feet badly. I have to do something to change it. And the thing he did to change it was shoot a takedown from far too far away against a guy who knows how to defend it, which like in, in fairness to Maximoff, he's not really fought anybody like that before. So like it was a perfect matchup for Petrosky in that way. Great matchmaking, great way of, of checking and seeing if, if Maximoff could handle that kind of style. And if Petrosky could counter that kind of style, it was like, a fight that answered questions. And I like that. The other thing I will say about Petrovsky, great post-fight call out um, for, for those of you who did not listen to the post-fight speech, which may include my co-host here. Of course. He, a- he asked for Gerald Mearshart, um, the other one Fine. on, on my Mount Rushmore of uh, oh, great underdog plays. What would you do with that, Dan? I, I mean, like it's another one too. And I'll, I'll say this ahead of time. If they booked that fight, that that's another one where I think Petrosky is picking out a really good fight style for him to fight, right? The only difference between Maximoff and Gerald Mearshart in that way is, well, first of all, Gerald Mearshart slightly better striking, right? It's a step up in the striking from Nick's Maximoff. Yes. His sub skills are a little bit more varied. He's good off of his back as well as on top. Okay. So slight step up in the grappling, slight step up in the striking, and, and that's exactly what you want to be doing here if you're Andre Petrovsky, right? Um, you could probably also say a slight step up in the gas tank. Uh, so, like, it's like an incremental step up, but he's getting the same style matchup he wanted. A guy who will strike with you for a little bit, he could probably outstrike, and then you can maybe make him make a mistake in the grappling. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that for Petrovsky. I think it's a smart call out. I think it would be a good way for him to catapult himself up the rankings a little bit. And uh, not have to, you know, fight somebody who's going to sprawl on him and kick his face off. Um, so, yeah, yeah, good good call out. And excited to see him try to make it 4-0 in the middleweight division. Crazy. This is turning into, very quickly, a Petrosky appreciation pod. Almost every episode, he's, he's becoming one of our mythical characters, isn't he? Yeah, well, and, and it's funny because, like, 
we we mentioned that line on Sunday and we hadn't even gotten to break, breaking down the fight or like looking at film yet. But like, yeah, I mean, this is one people should have been on early altogether. And I know a whole bunch of the DJs in the Slack hit big on it. So uh, props to you guys for riding along on that one. But this is, uh, man, that was just one of the all time worst lines I've ever seen posted by a book. And it moved in our favor as the week went on. So that's, I mean, even better at the end of the day. Yeah, so I guess it wasn't a bad line then if, if they're still getting action on the uh, on the other end of it. So um, anyhow, so that started off the night well for us. Um, bonuses, as as we mentioned, Jukagian, Heboss won. I'm glad Heboss got some of the, that, that wild woman got a bonus, but uh, Jukagian didn't deserve that. And Ryan Spann got bonus for performance tonight, as did newcomer Manuel Torres, which is nice because he's stuck on one of those 10 grand to show 10 grand to win uh contracts of the UFC stick on Dana White contender series people so good that he uh made a lot of extra money there so uh, as for our picks six and five we both ended up um things like I said I started off four and oh things were looking great but then they went downhill but nonetheless six and five profitable night for both of us thanks to our our patron Saint Petrosky I was up 76 bucks Dan was up 131 so Dan got me uh thanks to that um uh, ah, ah, Rougeau, ah, ah, Rougeau, not a Rougeau. They put the extra A in there when they pronounce it. Um, so on the year, though, I'm still destroying Dan. 66% hit rate for me, up 534 bucks, almost uh, almost 3% return on investment. Picking every fight, which is wild. I'm still, we're almost into, we're at 195 fights uh, that I picked on the year. We both picked, so um, crazy. Dan, 57% hit rate down a lot of money is all i have to say there so, um <laughs> don't pick every fight boys. anymore <laughs> don't uh, pick every fight <laughs> don't pick every fight and don't follow his recommended plays last week at least um other than petrosky petrosky is the only one dan hit unfortunately he didn't have all his money on that one he had most of his money on jake hadley as did i so we that one really hurt us uh he had J- jandy doba winning via sub as we mentioned he had candelaria winning which was a foolish pick, which I let him know. Then you had Hebos winning, which almost came through. So almost doesn't cut it though, Dan. Down 40 bucks, one and four. Um, I did not do much better. Hadley pick, as mentioned, Rakich pick, which hopefully was looking like it was gonna turn out okay. Um, it should it should have. You it should have, uh, but hey, yeah, you, you should give yourself that one. You you should <laughs> sure okay. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh the bookies have to pay up for that one. Um then I had uh 35 bucks on Jandy Doba winning. So that one, uh, that one hit, but wasn't the greatest odds. So I was wanting to uh, down 44 bucks. I didn't even worse than Dan, despite um, having a slightly better record. So on the year I'm hitting 58%. Dan's hitting 49%. Come on, man. Too many big swings this week. Um, But Dan is beating me in the money still. Uh, He's up 84 bucks. I'm up 76. So we're both both still profitable and I'm on yep. top. That's that's exactly. literally what we want. <laughs> that is literally what we want. We have to give Dan at least a little uh small victories here or there, or he's just gonna quit on me, probably. So um all right, we'll we'll, we'll get into Bellator quickly, but first two more lovely sponsors to tell you about Athletic Greens, of course. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. I saw a bottle of something in my house today that said adaptogen on it. It should have been AG1. It should have been Athletic Greens, but it was not. But nonetheless, it's adaptogen is apparently a thing. And it helps you. AG1, 
I'm speaking of now. It helps you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we're brought to you by IP Vanish. You know, browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy. That is right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, and your ISP and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, Browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing your speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. While I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's just like eating nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. Use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right. That put the UFC to bed, but UFC was not the only major i'll put in air quotes major um promotion that ran this weekend bellator was in london did you watch bellator on friday dan or do you catch any uh, of it i caught i caught highlights at the end yeah as did i i, I wasn't uh I by the sounds of it we lucked out by not watching logan yes. Storley versus mvp because uh, that is the big, the big controversy that, yeah. that's apparently a half an hour of your life you can never get back <laughs> yeah that was a, a big controversy dan hit the pick right minus 275 but um apparently even according to uh bellator head scott coker he just basically did some lay and pray on michael Bennon page logan story that story that would be Winning a split decision, 48, 47, 47, 48, 49, 46 to become the interim welterweight champion. But if you didn't really watch the whole fight, I can't tell you if the scoring was correct or not. Uh, do, I didn't watch do, it. Do you, want some, you. do you want some help? Yeah, so I didn't watch it all the way through, but do you want some help? Yes. Tell me it, what Sherdog thinks. <laughs> Sherdog thinks it was 50 to 45 for Logan Storley or 49, 46. That's what their two guys said. Um, okay, so they gave, well. him, they gave him four and five rounds, and they are... Uh, two of the only three people who've scored it for Logan Storley, the other five scored it for Michael Venom Page. <laughs> there you go. Um, all, all you need to know there, but hey, Dan hit the money there, so who cares? Dan hit the money on all of his picks. Fabian Edwards, I did see the highlights of this. Um, brutally knocked out Leoto Mashita. Um, knockout elbows and punches 318 into the round. Dan had Edwards at minus 138, so nice score there. Yeah, and that, that one's an easy one. In in the breakdown, I didn't even give you guys a real technical breakdown. It was just like, Loyola Machida could beat somebody like Fabian Edwards, but he's also old and not himself anymore. So, like, you know, just, just fade Machida pretty much was my, my point. 
Yep, and continue to fade him if he continues to fight. And then your big score of the night, Kana Watanabe, plus 205 over Denise Kilholtz. Um, How did she get it done? Triangle choke. Actually, I saw this one too, I think. Uh, 303 into the second round. So how do you get this one so right, Dan? So I, I don't know that this was as bad of a line set by the bookies as the Petrosky line, but it was up there because, in, in my opinion, like, you got Kilholt, somebody who is, you know, from a kickboxing background. And granted, she does have judo in her background as well. But, like, at her core, she's a kickboxer, in my opinion, with some takedowns that exist. But, like, she's not, like, a, a really good submission specialist or really good on the ground once it's there. So even if you say, you know, she's got the judo and she could use the judo, the submission skills aren't necessarily there. And and that's what Watanabe is good at, right? Like, she's, she's good at a lot of things. But, like... She, she's pretty damn good at grappling. And we, we saw that when she um she fought the former champ there. And like, I just think that people were underestimating how likely she was to sub Kielholtz. And we saw her do exactly that. Now, granted, it wasn't with Kielholtz on top, which is, uh again, maybe, you know, again, a, a nod to her judo or, you know, a nod to whatever. But yeah, like Watanabe's dangerous and uh, sleep on her, especially when you've got, what, what did we get at? Plus... Plus five, I believe it was. Plus two hundred five. Yeah, getting that at plus yep. two hundred five. It seems like a really poorly lined fight. So Dan hit all three fights. Made uh, hope if you followed his Bellator picks, made himself some some big time money there. So um, very good for you. Um, now Bellator is going quiet for a few weeks. Um, PFL has gone quiet for a few weeks. UFC's got a show next week, and then they're quiet for a few weeks. Uh, the MMA gods are really. Uh, sticking it to us when when we have to do shows in in a few weeks with no USC, no Bellator, no PFL. Yeah, but there, there's some some decent regional action on. We'll t- we'll talk about plenty of regional MMA. Plus, that's the stuff you guys love. And exactly. and remember, not too long in the the near future, and it's coming. We've got we've got contender series coming up in about two months. So uh, get jacked up for that. Exactly, Dan is your contender series hero there um first of all we'll get jacked up for next saturday's ufc fight night from the ufc apex holly home yawn versus ketlin Vieira is the main event um holly home's not an exciting fighter dan <laughs> she's not somehow she's a mass somehow she's a massive fan favorite still but she hasn't won by finish in five years now and although that I, I think hmm. that one finish is the one I mean, like her two finishes in a row there were enough to make her a fan favorite. Right. She uh, the knockout of Ronda Rousey forever because yeah. um, there were a lot of Ronda haters out there. Um, yeah. And then the Betch Cohea one will always give her a special spot in my heart because that one is both wonderful and comical because uh, Beth, Betch Cohea like points to the ground, like let's throw down right now immediately is head kicked. Uh, yep. knocked down and as she falls she's still alert she holds up her hand like no I'm done please don't hit me again and Holly Holmes socks her right in the face and knocks her cold <laughs> so not nice so not nice so we'll see if she'll do that to Ketlin Vieira this week um, then we got Santiago Ponzanibio versus Michelle Pereira which should be an interesting fight there seeing if the, the torch is being passed or not um Dusko Todorovic versus Chidi Njokuwani. Njokuwani, I added an extra syllable in there. Um, that should be a fun one. Jelton Jr., Jelton Almeida, a, a 
favorite of the SGP on Slack. He's moving up to heavyweight to fight Parker Porter, Peter Parker Porter, Eric Anders versus Park Jun Young, Ugly Man Joe. I'll say his name properly, not his government name. Ugly Man Joe versus Alan Madofsky, Pollyanna Vienna versus Tabatha Ricci. I don't know how, why I said it like that, but I did. Omar Morales versus Euros Medic, Vince Morales versus Jonathan Martinez, Felipe Calares versus Chase Hooper, Sam Hughes versus Elise Reed. Any of those tickle your fancy, Dan? I mean, I'm excited to see uh, a lot of the graduates from Contender Series off this recent season who are all going for their second fights. Um, you know, Chidi Njiguani's first fight looks so damn good. Um, uh, Jelton Almeida, obviously, I'm, you know, he's probably the person I'm the highest off of that season, right along with Jack Della Maddalena. Um, in his division divisions, because now he's up at heavyweight, um, are both thinner. And, you know, like, I, I know people wrote off Ugly Man Joe after his last fight, but, like, I do think there's a lot of potential in there. And, like, I'm excited to see him try to prove that again, because I, I think there's something in there and, and people shouldn't be maybe so quick to judge. And I think he's a big favorite going into this fight as well. Uh, I think it was smallish. I, I think I saw him okay. at like negative 190 or something like that. No, that's, negative, that's negative my, yeah. It, I mean, it, he's not like, uh, I mean, he's not like Nick Maximoff for Christ's sake. No. Well, who is though? <laughs> who is? Um, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Any news that we, we didn't touch on Dan. I don't think anything uh, memorable. There's, there's mm. one, one just kind of weird one that, that popped up on Twitter while we were here. Um, or, and actually popped up for me earlier this morning when I was filling out my rankings, uh, Gregor Gillespie has been dropped from the rankings. Uh, ah, I don't know if it's usually a, happen. It, it does not usually happen. I don't know if it's a negotiation tactic. Perhaps he's like refusing to fight for his money or uh, is turning down fights. Uh, I can't imagine they cut him, especially because I think he had fights left on his contract. So like, I, I'm not sure the reason and there's wild speculating all over Twitter, but uh, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, may, maybe no more comment than that, than just like it feels like it's worth mentioning. Yeah, no, it definitely is. because UFC's rankings are pretty screwy. They, uh, they let people stay in the rankings forever, even if they have not fought uh, in the UFC or, or at the weight class they're ranked in for, for years and years. It seems the rankings I do over my money MMA sub stack. I, um, if a person's been inactive for a year, then I drop them, but that doesn't even apply to Gillespie at this point. So yeah, very interesting. Um, maybe he wants to, uh, take more time off to fish and UFC are mad at him. Who's to say? So interesting note. All right. We'll be back on. When we come back Wednesday, we'll break down home Vieira. Maybe we were hoping to get you some picks for uh, Eagle FC on today's show. The odds aren't posted yet, so we may get you some some picks for Eagle FC, which is also running this weekend. Uh, maybe maybe get you a couple bonus picks because uh, this UFC card is not the most stacked card in terms of quantity or quality. Um, so we may, may get you some of those on Wednesday. You have to tune in and uh, and find out. So till then, read all our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, like I said, moneymma.substack.com. Also for my MMA stuff, uh, listen to Dan's podcast, Prelim Primer and Top Turtle MMA. Twitter, Jeff Fox writer, he's Gumby Freeland, and he's going to take us home. Uh, I'm David Gumby Freeland. He is Ugly Man Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Wednesday. It's just Ugly Man Jeff, okay? <laughs>